I'm very excited for your fantasy football draft. I'm not playing this year because I feel like I'm gonna be too busy. And like uh, this would have been my fifth year with my cousins league. Okay. But I don't think I'm I'm not doing it this year because I would be too busy. Yeah, I'm way too busy. Like I I can't believe I have to go do this today. Lindsay's here at home, pregnant. <laughs> I you didn't cert- tell our teach for X listeners. You just dropped the ball like that. Yeah, really. Really? Yeah, there was no big announcement. There was no big announcement. Oh, we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to cut that out. Then we're gonna have to have a better. Uh, maybe that's the best way. Yeah, we'd just be like, hey, everyone, just letting y'all know. Oh, well, hey, everybody. There's a pregnant woman like 20 feet that way, <laughs> and I'm married to her. It's not a random woman, but yes, teach for us community. Yes, my wife and I are expecting our first child in January. So little teach for X Junior. <laughs> the second is going to be joining the team. It's actually going to be their uh, their acronym, their initials. T right. for X. Yeah, I'll do the Elon Musk where I'll, I'll work in a number or something like that or a symbol. Yeah, so we're very excited. I'm looking forward to, we're definitely going to have to have a baby like strapped to the strapped to my chest podcast. We'll yes. have to do one of those one day. Mm-hmm. I hope it's very like hangover style where like they oh, have yeah. to be strapped up, you know? Yeah, he'll have, the, he'll have the aviators on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just chilling. Yep, just talking crap. Just talking trash to everybody. Talking trash to the world. (laughs) Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of year edition of the Teach 4X podcast. With us, as always, the survivors of the first week, Eric Johnson, Jessica Verace, and myself, Scott Fireisen, here to talk about how our first week has gone and what we're doing to keep things moving here in the right direction. So just a reminder that Teach4X is a on-demand educator development service focused on the four pillars of education, which are technology, curriculum, community, and leadership. So in the first week, I'm sure that uh, we've tried to address each of those four areas and hopefully we've improved. And if not, we can reflect and discuss what has gone well and what uh, maybe we would like to have another shot at or what we got to deal with here going forward. So what's going on, Johnson? How was week number one for you? It was a whirlwind, man. I, I, I don't know about you. I felt like this first week was like a full semester. You know, last year, the first week was really strange because COVID was really sort of fresh and none of us knew what to do. And so there was that whole other layer of like unsure and uncertainty and, and a really different dimension of what was going on. And this year was like back to being a normal-ish first week of school. And so there was none of that like strange existential stuff to think about. And so it was just like really focusing on the practice and teaching and surviving and meeting and interacting with the kids kind of without some of that other stuff to distract you. But it, it felt like a lot, man. I, I don't know. I tried the stations that we talked about on the podcast that Jess had done. And uh, that was a a challenge for me. I I think I'm finding that kids are pretty afraid to talk to each other like post pandemic. Have you guys noticed that still like this first week when doing anything in stations, people working together was super hard for me to get kids to connect. Yeah, dude, my fourth period, it's like pulling teeth to get them to talk to people. I'm like trying to even get them to talk to me. And they're kind of like, oh, yeah. 
cool. And I'm like, this is going to be rough. But I do have some classes where I feel they're a bit more chatty where I'm like, okay, we can work with this. So yeah, no, I'm still seeing the sense of working together is very difficult for them too. Yeah, I put them in, I put them in the stations. I had like six stations around the room and I was asking them to work together, to like generate norms and brainstorm like what they need from me as students, what I need from them as their teacher. And <laughs> the result was really funny, but kind of depressing where I intended them to talk about these things in their stations and instead they each sat down in front of the butcher paper that they were going to do this stuff on they just took turns passing the butcher paper to each other and writing down their like answer or thought and then sitting there like white knuckle at the desk like afraid to speak and, and i did my best to, like get them to connect the, the juniors and seniors did a little bit of a better job but it's like at this point i'm really thinking i gotta find a way to teach them to talk to each other and like to teach group stuff and I don't know how to do that. I don't know if you guys have ever done that. I know like the common thought is like assigning kids jobs, like assign them jobs in the group, which I think is fine. It's sort of a band-aid, but almost like there's got to be maybe a lesson on how to do group stuff and how to make it not be a nightmare for you as a kid. Yeah, that'd be actually kind of cool to look into. I feel like I usually do my best lesson planning on stuff like that. If I Google it, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Okay, let's see what Google has to say about this. And then whatever I kind of find, I adapt to see like, you know, I adapted on my own accord. Like I'm like, oh, okay, well, I like this. I don't really like this part. Let's see if I can tweak it a bit. So that way it becomes much smoother in order for them to talk to each other. But yeah, I think I'm going to have to do that for like two or three of my class periods too. Yeah. So, so that was like one of the, the things that I, I felt challenged by is, you know, just figuring out new ways to get the kids to connect. I have a few more community builders coming up this week, but I, I will say I was really proud of I do this media autobiography assignment every year where I have the kids write about themselves based off of like the books and movies and TV shows and games and poems or comics like whatever type of media sums them up it's very individual but we spent the last few days of the week kind of decompressing from the busy first few days kids working on that independently writing about themselves and boy given the opportunity to share about that kind of stuff kids really thrive and it's been really fun snooping around seeing what kids are writing about and I can't wait to receive these assignments back I don't know if you guys have ever done it. I know a lot of people in our department do that assignment. I think, Jess, you had something a little bit better, actually. You had them interviewing them each other. Yeah, so I like spiced it up this year, right? Because I, I would do the autobiography project too. It's something that me and another coworker came up with like two years ago during pandemic time, right? Like where they would do the same thing, right? The autobiography, they do PowerPoint presentations about themselves. So then they would present them, blah, blah, blah. But this year I was like, man, I like it. Like I love that they do that because it gives me a little bit of a break, right? Of having to be like on them doing a lesson most of the day. I still explain everything, walk around, talk to them, right? But it also gives me the opportunity to talk to them, you know? But uh, uh, I didn't like that it was so quiet. I was like, you know, I want these kids to start talking to each other because like you said, like a lot of them don't want to talk to each other. They're like literally like pulling teeth to get them to look at their neighbor. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't like that. So what I did is I switched it up and I made it a partner biography project. So where instead of students are creating a PowerPoint about themselves, they're creating a PowerPoint about their partner. So they have to kind of interview each other, find out what their partner wants, what their partner likes and make a PowerPoint about them. And I kind of related it back to history, you know, like this is something 
something historians do, right? They interview people and they collect their findings and they present their findings about this person, right? Like there's so many biographies written about these famous people that we talk about, like Abraham Lincoln, Gandhi, you know? So I related it back to history stuff and they were they were about it and it went so well. Like I honestly was very nervous about them partnering up and doing this, but they were so into it. They were like, oh, so what's your favorite movie? What picture do you want me to pick for this? What do you want me to do with this? You know, they were very much about it and they did a really good job and I really loved it. And I'm really excited for tomorrow because tomorrow I'm going to have like volunteers to present, right? So I'm not going to force them to present after the first week. I usually don't do that for everybody's sanity, but I have volunteers. So I'm really excited to see. And then that kind of gives me a gauge of who are the kids who are ready to be out there and like put themselves out there, right? And then I can use those kids later on. Like if I have kids who are already like, yeah, I'm about to present, like I got this, you know, maybe that kid I can pair with another kid who's like never wants to talk. So that way they can kind of pull them out. So that's what I like about doing, I liked about doing this project this time. And I had another colleagues doing it too. Like I had one of our colleagues actually came up to me and said, it's awesome. They're talking to each other. They're really putting effort into these presentations. They are doing such a good job. So I'm really happy with that. I'm like, wow, awesome. That's great. I I know that the autobiography, the media autobiography that I do has spread throughout the department to such an extent that I had kids coming up to me, Mr. Johnson, I'm doing this in two other classes. (laughs) And I was like, just do it for them, man. And then take a pick and and give me the assignment you did for the other teacher. Fire, did you do your American flag thing? I I remember you talking about that, and I was wondering how that panned out. I did. I did do the American flag thing. It was awesome. It was awesome again, and gives everybody a chance to work together and contribute something to the classroom and to decorate. I did a better job this year just articulating the details. It's always a good idea. You know, even the procedural things, I really did a a very good job with this year or this first week, I would say. Just getting those routines down that I'm I'm very happy with that. And then that's kind of my take on the identity thing that a lot of people do is that they then kind of have this piece of the American flag that they decorate, but they make it red and white. And then we put it all together and it makes one big class American flag. And then um, we also talk about the the motto of the United States, which is out of many one. So, you know, we all have a different piece of the flag. It all represents us individually, but we put it all together and it makes, you know, this nation that we're going to be learning about. So it's a cool activity, I think. And it gives me a chance to take it easy and do what I think is best and what I like to do best and just circle around and interact with the kids as they work. Because I feel like that's the best way for me to get to know them and although it's not getting that like hard data you know if I have them do a survey I sure haven't looked had had the time to look at like the individual student survey I have them do but at least I'm able to you know okay yeah I remember this kid okay there's a Xavier, you know, he's got the Bulls logo and this kid, all right, he's got a Rams logo. He's a big Rams, you know, it at least gives me a chance to, to get to that point and put a name to a face and start to make a, a connection. So that's my first week thing. I, I thought that that went pretty well. Yeah. I, I you mentioned the procedural stuff and I, that's something I really went ham on this year. First day we did seating charts, which sometimes I, I used to wait until a little bit later. Yeah, you can't. Then it's twice as hard. It's only, it's only, 
going to get harder. You know, if you don't do it the first week, when, when are you going to do it? It's going to be even worse. So the first day, seating chart, the bell ringer, you know, we're talking about the agenda and how class plays out. And just like hammering in the schedule of the day and week and the structure, because that's super helpful for me when I plan knowing that structure. And, and I think it really resonates with the kids as well. So I, I was really trying to make sure that procedural groundwork was, you know, laid down to, to sort of mitigate any of the challenges that might come up in, in our classes. We're talking kind of the, the roses and thorns of the first week. My reminder is to continue to do that and focus on those things because that's going to help keeping you for me and you, me that's and everybody else out there from getting burnt out because you just look, this is how it's going to operate here. It's just very clear. And then there's no reason for anybody to be like, why are we doing this now? What are, you know, just this is what it is. And you know, it's, it's with everything, whether it's going to the bathroom or putting tape on an assignment to hang it up or like, you know, there's no such thing as being too too detailed with your steps and your procedure and starting simple. I think sometimes we start, you know, we think that, uh, oh, it's the first day and we're all excited. And then you're, we're going to, you know, oh, this is the year we're going to, you know, do the big things and like, just keep it real simple, real easy. I had a good class expectations quiz that I had the kids do on just like procedural stuff. It was like 15 questions. It, it was, you know, incredibly easy. Nobody got below like 14. Also talking about the semesters and the calendar calendar very important especially this year because we have that big calendar change so i was hammering that home that you're gonna leave for winter break and it is done everything is done you are you know no more you're not submitting anything i don't want to hear from you there's nothing you're doing you're going away and then we come back and everything resets so i've been trying to say that as much i you know but i know that there's going to be people that the message doesn't get to <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and Jess, how'd that procedural stuff go for you? Because it sounded like you might have some goobers already. It's going better. I feel like my first couple years of teaching, I was still very scared to like, kind of like be firm on the boundaries of class. I don't know, like I was still like, I want the kids to like me. And I feel like I started this year, like whatever, they're going to like me anyway. I'm, I'm cool. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to just be firm with them. I'm going to tell you, tell them this is what's up, you know? And so I think it's been working really well. I think I'm very happy with how I've set up the procedures and I'm very happy how I'm with my own follow through. Cause I feel like last year I kind of would falter with like following through on doing certain stuff stuff because I felt like oh what if the kids don't want to do this blah blah now I'm like I don't care if they don't want to do this I'm telling them to do this so I was really really happy with like last year my norms and agreements activity didn't go so great right I was like oh it's okay if you don't want to but this year I'm like you got to like I want everybody talking I need you to talk to him I need you to talk to her and I was just very like Mexican mothery and they responded really well right I my posters that I had them create with all our classroom norms and agreements are awesome they like kick butt I like see them and I put them up and I'm like so happy with them so I'm like look what happens when I actually follow through so I've been really happy with how I've been following through with procedure and making them follow the procedures and the uh feedback I've been getting so far has been great so yeah that's been good but I do have some goobers like you said I already have some chatty Cathy's and like mostly my fifth and ninth mostly my ninth I love those kids but they are my fully Spanish class like they are my class where they all speak Spanish only and they um just love to talk they love talking and they are quite loud with their voice and you know it's great I love like the interactions I get with the kids I love the the interactions they have with each other but it is a lot of management right now 
So I'm, I'm finding my footing with them, but I, I'm once again being very firm. I've already had to give like the Mexican mother death stare to a couple kids where I'm just like staring. I don't even say anything. I'm just staring at them until they like slowly start to like back up and like do what they're supposed to. So I'm glad that that I know that my look is still there. You know, I still got it. I still have the death stare look that will strike fear into these kids. So. I uh, Yeah, I had to give. I guess for me, it wouldn't be the Mexican mother death stare. That would be some kind of appropriation. It was the, I guess, depressed suburban white mom stare or something. I don't know. But I, <laughs> the I, angry, I, the angry Best Buy Geek Squad guy. Yeah, that that's yeah, <laughs> me exactly the angry Geek Squad employee. Now I had to give that stare to a couple in my ninth as well. I got some kids that are quite squirrely. You know, it's tough, dude. Being a freshman, ninth period, man, the day is so long. I, I remember when I uh, was trying to get a job at our school, I, I like stalked the heck out of this place and I, I was observing and visiting and I sat through several schools days, not even as a student teacher, just as like a guy hanging out, observing classes, trying to get my foot in the door. And I, an adult at the time, was falling asleep in eighth or ninth period because it's just a brutal day. And that was me, you know, in my 20s as a grown up. I can't imagine being 14 or 15, struggling with English. You've sat through, you know, seven or eight or however many classes of teachers droning on at you and now you're sitting in your ninth period class and at our school kids some kids get to leave after eighth right so you're looking out the window and all of your friends are leaving and then you're sitting there while mr johnson's talking to you about god knows what it's going to feel like the least important thing in the world compared to, to what's going on and it's challenging i i really feel for those kids i'm fortunate my last two classes are both seminar classes so they're like sel feelings type stuff so they're easy they're kind of breezy and airy compared to like I don't know, something like algebra or, or US history or something. But even so, I, I really, I, I'm very cognizant of the fact that these kids have been sitting through an entire day of school. And I'm trying to build practices into the class to give them some breathing time and some grace because that's a long school day. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm tired. It's important to remember I, just having that mindset and you reflecting on it and, and knowing that that's happening is kind of all you could do in keeping that in mind and creating those processes or routines and just knowing that it's going to be different ninth period than it is, you know, third period. That's just kind of the way it is. And then, yeah, those routine, you know, finding routines that work, like you just got to find a routine routine that works and what works ninth period is just going to be different than first period first period they're probably like you know just give me the stuff and shut it, you know just yep. get, we don't want to talk or whatever and then ninth period will shut up so you know just finding kind of whatever works and you know keeping everybody in and moving forward and those routines are a big deal you know i keep saying it but that's that just takes such a load off. So yeah. I, I just think that that stuff helps. Which is what yeah. I told them too. I'm like, hey, yo, I, I didn't write any of these norms. Y'all did right. too. Y'all put these expectations on yourself. These are your ideas. So let's see how well you follow them. Because I didn't have any input in them. Yeah. yeah. And push it. You know, it's their class. It's your class. It's your, you know, this is what do you, do you want this to be a, a dumpster fire? No. Okay. Come on. Let's go. Everybody says that they want to get good grades. Yeah. Uh, then, so that, yeah, that was one thing I, I. Uh, had like what do you most want to accomplish this year and everybody was like get good grades pass good good like okay well then grades <laughs> 
Yeah. Cool. Good to see that we that, that we at least want to. Now we just got to do these things and it'll be fine. Which to go off of that fire, like I always feel like when people expect to do these, like, like, oh, what do you want from the class? You set the rules kind of thing. I feel like there's some teachers who are like, why would I ever do that? Why would I ever have the students set up their own rules and expectations, blah, blah, blah. But you'll be surprised. They're pretty honest. They're pretty on it when it comes to like knowing what they need to do or like what are the expectations of the classroom or what they have to do like the things that they wrote down some of my students on their norms poster were very very good like they're sitting there saying oh we must in this class I will respect everyone's opinion and listen to them even if it's opposite of my own like see like these kids are coming up with these amazing things that you know we're giving them the freedom to choose right we're giving them the freedom to say like hey this is what I want this is what I'm going to do and then throughout the school year like you said keep referring back to it so it's actually really crazy how some people don't realize that yeah teenagers can say some really cool things yeah well i i I feel like especially now people sometimes neglect the agency that the students have right you know when i was in teacher school that they really framed everything as it's all on you you're the adult in the room and you're responsible for literally every aspect that goes down in the classroom and i think you know there's 28 other people in the room and and they do play a role and giving them that agency and and having them feel like they have a say and some ownership and what happens. I, I think that's really valuable. I, I talk to them in, in terms of the classroom being a family. It's like one of the big speeches I give at the start every year. You know, I see them more than I see a lot of my friends and actual family. And I, I tell them that, you know, we're going to see each other a lot. We're here for 180 days straight, 50 minutes a day. We're going to be like a family. We might not always like each other. We might not always agree. We may fight sometimes. But at the end of the day, we're like here in it together. And we got to work together to make this 50 minutes not miserable for all of us. And I think that family analogy really really resonates with students. And then, you know, you combine that sort of soft side of things with being really focused on those routines like fire has been talking about. And hopefully then you're in for a good start to the year. Yeah, I like that. The family thing. I usually just tell them like, we're all stuck with each other for for the rest of the year. So we might as well get along. So. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. <laughs> I love them. Or like if they say something, I'm like, only I am allowed to be mean to you guys. Like no one else is allowed to be mean or bullying to each other except me. And they're all like, for real? I'm like, probably not. So yeah, pretty good week, I guess. Pretty good week. Pretty good week. You know, there's just so many things that your footprint is always bigger than you think it is that's kind of the crazy thing is that your impact is is bigger than you think it is if you think about all of your students who also have family members who are like hey how did your day go and they're like oh miss Wadache was oh it was great or whatever you know it expands out further than you would think just being at the football game yesterday and you see a player and then you see their two parents and then you see other people and it's like wow you know, this operation where you thought 60 people were involved, it's actually more like 250 people are involved, you know, so it's always bigger than you might think, even if you're not seeing it all the time, which can be then a lot of pressure. It's like, oh, my God. Well, you mentioned that last week, Fire, you you know, reminded us or two weeks ago, I guess, how the first week is the most important because you only really get one of those first weeks. And that really added to my dread for starting the school year because I, I, I did feel the the pressure, but it is also 
I think one of the coolest things about what we do, you know, I did the math. And at this point, I've worked with over 1000 students over the course of my teaching. And that's just in my classes, you know, not even extracurriculars or other things I've been involved with. And that's like mind boggling to think that like 1k people I've, you know, had some part in their life, you know, and fire is probably you you're about double me. So you got to be at like 2k kids, right? I don't know. There's too many coming coming back saying that they, they graduated a lot. I had a kid yesterday that I saw and now he, he's like, oh, what's up, Coach Fire? I'm like, oh, what's, is that you? I thought that was you. He's got like a full beard. Yeah. He looked like a, like, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like trying to get a job with the district now. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. You're supposed to be 14 still. What the heck? You know, just knowing that they had families, they had people who loved watching them compete or, you know, were happy to hear about what happened when, when they came home from school, you know, somebody checked in with them and they said, Oh, Mr. Johnson did whatever today. And that made the parents day that made the uncle's day that made the grandma's day, you know, and, and we don't really think about that. We get so focused on, you know, what's happening in the room. Sometimes we forget that. Yeah, whenever we have parent-teacher conferences, parents are like, oh, I know you. She tells me all about you, like that you're this and that. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot that their parents also know about me. Like, I forgot right. that they also know I exist and I, I am perceived. Yeah, and they want their child to have a good day. So when their child comes home and had a good day and then then the parent had a good day, great. You know, and then it's, it's you know, it's, it's more than just the kid learning history or math or whatever it is. It's interesting because thinking about the significance of this really kind of makes me feel like, spending three hours unpacking a standard might be the least important thing we do all day. There's so much of, I think what really matters is maybe stuff the bosses or modern educational conversations forget. You know, we get so wrapped up in curriculum and this other like realm of academia and nitty gritty when the most meaningful and important part is being like a kind, thoughtful adult in the room, helping these kids navigate life on spaceship earth. That's one of the things that I sometimes tell myself too. I'm like, well, if the only thing my kids learn today is that there's someone in this room that is nice to them and actually respects them and wants the best for them then i think it's still a pretty successful day dang you didn't make me cry it's <laughs> getting real man like that's when i have like those crises when i'm like am i even a good teacher like am i even doing right by these kids where i'm like sitting here like thinking like man like what am i doing like am i really doing good by these kids you know and then i'm like oh well as long as they know that I like them and that they're nice and that I'm nice to them and I respect them and their thoughts and their ideas, then, you know, maybe that's the only thing they learned today. And I'm like, okay, well now I feel better. All right. Now I shall continue with this thing. You know, in the last couple of years, Jess, it's really meaningful that you mentioned that because I, I actually made a concerted effort to start reminding the students that I like them. Because one day I asked kids, I took a poll. I was like, how many of you feel like your teachers like you? And a lot of kids said no. And a lot of kids, this was last year in particular, I, I had kids that thought I didn't like them. And I'm like as hippie and friendly a teacher as you could possibly get. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I've done, I know for a fact, I've done nothing to indicate that I dislike them. But a lot of kids just assume their teachers don't like them or assume their teachers are annoyed by them. And when I heard that, I started making a concerted effort to throughout the year, pepper in, literally stating to the students, I like you guys, especially when you have to like yell at them or like address, you know, big deal stuff, reminding them, listen, I like you guys. You're a great class. Right now we have this issue and, and I, I don't know, I think that's been super meaningful to me to, to bring that into the classroom because I think students need to hear that and be reminded of that as well. Yeah. And that's one of those things you need to say it and kind of like speak it into existence, you know, even if they're not the, the best class, sometimes be like, Hey, you know, you could, you know, 
I like you guys <laughs> because if you didn't say that, you'd be like, I, I really, I, I, I might slap you, but <laughs> yeah, I still like, kind of want to. Your mom likes you, and she wants to slap you sometimes. You know, right? That's right. what I tell my kids. I'm like, you know, your mom probably loves you so much, but you know, sometimes you just need a nice little smack across the head. Yeah, you need a little, you need a little foot in the foot in the rear, and don't we all? So that's just what it is. <laughs> So what's our what's our takeaway? Do we got a takeaway this week? I, I'm feeling inspired, just generally speaking, but but I don't know about what. I would say, you know, we all have that that struggle of like Jess, you were saying that am I good? I would replace good with like competent, right? Like we're just struggling to be competent. We, I don't mean like incompetent, like highly competent. When you think about what we're asked to do and to be good or to be competent and all those things is actually quite difficult when you really think about it. When you think about the interpersonal stuff, the standards, the, you know, the, the interpersonal things with your colleagues, the larger societal issues. When you put all that together, just being competent in each of those areas all the time is actually a huge accomplishment when yeah. you really think about it yeah. so you know keeping that in mind and then okay i'm the one doing this you know you're the one doing this it's not like could there be oh there's i stink and somebody else would be doing this better well it doesn't matter because nobody that person doesn't exist and you know they're not they're not there you're the one there doing it so you just got to work at getting better and figuring out how to do it I think my takeaway was like, even though there's ups and downs, you know, like this first week, obviously there was very much ups and very much downs. I think at the end of the day, if you're just trying to do right by the kids, it's, it's all good. Yeah. And that we make a huge impact. And that's something uh, all you out there listening, you're making an impact. For real. Like Johnson this week, you or your kids wrote letters to their old favorite teachers and then post-it notes that you gave me. I was like on the verge of tears. I was like, no way. This kid remembers me. Yeah. They, yeah, they do. They do. So should I hit him with the outro? Yeah, dude. Let's do it. Let's get All out right. Of here. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you would like to get in touch or ask us a question, you can do so via Spotify or you can shoot us an email at teach4xcontact at gmail.com. Thank you so much. We love you. All right, everybody. Good luck with week number two. If you have any fantasy football advice, hit me up. <laughs>